Baseball 365 Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 34 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. I'm Justin Hughes, host of this show, and with me is Andrew McQuiston. Andrew, how you doing, man? Doing good. Last uh, last show for the divisions. It's the final countdown. It's the <laughs> final one. If you want to try singing that little guitar riff, or three, uh, uh, you don't want me singing three, <laughs> three. Uh, I don't even know how to word these three franchises, but you might have a better word than me. Let's see: Angels, Rangers, and Mariners. Mike Trout and a whole lot of blah. I think that's my first thing I'm going to yeah. say. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, let's just get started on this and get talking about the Angels. And I'm going to – I got my first question for you. It's, you know, we talked about Mike Trout last playing in the playoffs was in 2014. We discussed that in a previous episode. And my true-false question for you. The Angels play in a playoff series before the end of the 2021 playoffs. Man, it's depressing to think about Trout not being in the playoffs that long. I mean, it's already been long, but you said that they do play in a playoff series? Yes. So basically in the next three years, but by next, the end of 2021. Next two, because they're not going to this year. Yeah. Conf- I'm confident there. Um, I will say false, and I will say I hope I'm wrong, because I rag on the Angels a lot, but I would like to see them get there. I think it's good for the game if Mike Trout's in the playoffs. <sighs> I've tore, toiled on this one. I'm try, I've tried, like, you know, I've got Trout, Otani. He's going to hopefully be pitching next year, and he could be that ace that they need. I mean, they just dealt with the tragic loss of one of their pitchers. and But then I look and see Albert Pujols is still going to be collecting $28 million this year, $29 million next year, and $30 million in 2021. And that just cripples that franchise, or it's just such a big chunk of their salary. There, that's twenty percent, eighteen twenty percent of their salary is in that guy. So it's basically money that's wasted. The other, th- the other thing that the other thing to keep in mind is you mentioned uh, you said playoff series, which means beyond the wild card game. I assume that's what you meant. Yeah, but I actually and, meant the wild card. I meant the playoff in a playoff game. How about that? Oh, okay. Well, they could make the wild card in the next couple of years, I guess. I mean, that I was thinking series. So, I, I guess when I said no, it's like you're betting on them to win the wild card. Not only get to the wild card game, but win it. Because I think we can both agree we don't think they're winning the division by then mm-hmm. so yeah i guess they could sneak in a wild card 2020 or 2021 that wouldn't shock me that much it's possible they've got let's see what's coming off the books after this year trevor cahill at nine million jonathan lucroy at three and a half 
Jeez, Jonathan LaCroix is only earning $3.35 million this year. I know he hasn't been good in a while, and maybe that was a free agent deal. I don't remember, but that's actually kind of surprising to me now that I think about it. But I guess it's not too much money really, coming off the books. I really just don't like the way this team is constructed. I, it's no. just so it's so weird. It, it's like stars and scrubs strategy in like fantasy it's it's like you have mike trout who's potentially the best player in my lifetime or close uh and you've got otani who is possibly the most unique player we've ever seen and those two are just so unreal and then you have Justin Upton, who I think we can all agree is a pretty good player when healthy. He's been hurt a lot this year. but And then it's like the rest of the team is just total garbage to me. Mm-hmm. Besides, I guess, I mean, Simmons is really good defensively and stuff. and But I just don't like anybody else on this team. And we'll get into yeah. the players more. But they're just... It's just they're so top heavy that it's just bad, man. And it'll change some when Adele comes up. They got they've got a few good prospects, but and they have a one hundred and seventy seven million dollar payroll. This is what yeah. they get from a one hundred and seventy seven million dollar payroll. Yeah. It's pretty depressing when you see the payrolls of some other teams in baseball and seeing how successful they are. And then you see this right here. I'm, I'm trying to remember. I can't remember right off what Houston is. I'm clicking the link and it's loading. I don't think they're at 177 right now. It's just mind blowing. Uh, 160 yeah. million dollars the Astros have. Yeah, crazy. crazy. So let's talk about Mike Trout, best player on the planet. One of the best players we'll ever see. I, I think I agree with that sentiment. Maybe the best player. Is he still the number one player in redraft and dynasty leagues next year? Uh, redraft? I will say I've... I Yes, he is. In redraft, he is. I have always kind of made the joke that there's that second guy that just rotates every year and it's like Trout's number one, the number two guy, it just flips every single season. It was Harper, then it was Goldschmidt or vice versa. And then it was Altuve and this year it was Betts and next year it'll be Yelich and it just keeps on changing, but Trout never changes. That said, I don't, and this is, I really don't feel like this is getting caught up in the moment. I was going to say, I don't want to get caught up in the moment, but I do think that Yelich has the best case of all of those guys that those guys have had over the last, say, five years. That said, I still would take Trout. But if somebody wanted to take Yelich, I wouldn't call it stupid or you know I, I wouldn't react to it the way that i've reacted to some of these other ones because the other ones i was like you're just trying too hard and yelich may still be trying too hard but 
it's at least where, you know, I mean, Yelich has been ridiculous the last year and a half. So, I mean, he's been better than Trout. And, yes. you know, some of those counting stacks and stuff. So, I can see it. I mean, if I'm sitting there with the number one pick in a redraft league next spring, I'm taking Mike Trout. Yeah. What about Dynasty? <laughs> I know we <laughs> I know we talked about this the other night and I am I, I you know I've mentioned before that the next guy to take over is Ronald Acuña and I uh I think right now is about that exact point where I'm right on that fence. I I um I think most people are still taking Trout, and I have absolutely no issue with that, and I would maybe do it myself. But I'm not 100% I would do it. I I think that there's a really strong case to be made for Acuna. When you consider his age, and I mean, like, I don't really get what, and I don't want to turn this into the Ronald Acuna show. I'm not going to. But I don't really get what there is to worry about with that guy, with everything he's bringing to the table. And, I mean, he's not going to fall off for a long time. He's 21 years old, and he's already elite. Like, if he's if he's the number three player and Trout's number one for the next year or two, and then it flips, I mean, it's a dynasty league. Like, you have Ronald Acuna's whole career. You mm-hmm. have, you know, it's just, and Ronald Acuna is already elite. I mean, Ronald Acuna has 20 stole, stolen bases. Mike Trout has eight. Mm-hmm. So there, there's an argument to be made, but uh, I'm definitely not going to, I'm not going to argue with anybody who takes Trout. Like I said, I, I maybe would do it myself. Yeah. And we were talking about this, I think Thursday night, and I am going to make dynasty rankings. I'm going to make a top hundred at some point between now and the end of the calendar year. So we're going to have an episode or two where we discuss this. I don't know for sure, but we'll see when we get there, when I really have got to put pen to paper and actually write it down. But I think I might have a Cunha one. We'll see. But I think the conversations, it's time to start having it. I do think that. And I've known that this conversation was coming. I mean, it mm-hmm. you know, you get anybody that's in their late 20s versus a guy that's in his early 20s and has comparable production. I mean, it's not quite what Trout's is, at least with the bat. I mean, it isn't. Trout's above Acuna as far as just a pure mm-hmm. hitter goes. I mean, he is, but with the speed and the years that you're going to get, I think you can make the argument. It's a good discussion. Now I feel like right now we're in that moment where it's a good discussion and it probably will be for the next year because I think a lot of people aren't quite comfortable with it yet. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are probably listening like these guys are nuts. Mike Trump, you know, and that's, that's fine. I mean, a lot of, a lot of, Dynasty leagues, though, is forecasting. You know, you can't just always be in this moment right now. Because in this moment right now, Mike Trout is clearly the best player. And we both know that. Yep. But a lot of Dynasty is forecasting 
what is coming. It's not just what it is right this moment. So just something to think about. I agree. Uh, we'll move on to Justin Upton. I don't have too much to add on him. I liked him before the season. I thought he was a little undervalued. And unfortunately for him, he missed two and a half months with a sprained toe. And he's back now. He's got four home runs in 23 games. Back to where he was before really is my take on him. Do you have anything to add on him or keep going on? No, no, not really. Same guy. He's uh, kind of been. It's good that he's back. Yeah. And another guy we've talked a lot about is Tommy LaStella. He won't be back till late August or September, but it's pretty crazy. Once again, I, I don't have much more to say, but I definitely wanted to at least bring him up again and say what a year he's had. <laughs> you know what's going to be really interesting is where does somebody like Tommy LaStella go next year after the crazy season? Because it was crazy. <laughs> and then being out for a little while, you know, it's, I mean, he could end up getting shut down for the rest of the year. I don't know exactly. I haven't looked at the most recent news, but that's far enough away, late August or September where they may just say you're done. You know, if it gets to a certain point, I am really curious to see, I have no clue. Do you remember what his strikeout rate is this year? Do you remember the range? Because I'm looking at it right now and I had forgotten. It's got to be low. 8.7%. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just nuts. Uh, uh, He hit 300 with a 288 BABIP. I mean. But like you you could make the argument with him that you should take him. I don't know, in a decent spot and be aggressive on him. And I feel like you could also make the argument that I don't want anything to do with this guy. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know. I have no idea. I feel he like might if, be, the, oh, if, the juiced, if the juiced ball is fixed this offseason, they go back. I just have a feeling this is a guy that right there, there's one that absolutely just gets shattered. That's yeah. my one thought on him. Potentially, but... I could also see it being where he's a bargain still Uh or where, you know, everyone's just writing it off. Like it was not legit and he's real cheap. I I, I don't know. Since he missed time because he's missing this time. It's going to be a little more under the radar. Right. Exactly. Because when you miss the late stage of the year, you know, that's the most fresh thing in people's memory and, I, mm-hmm. I'm I'm curious. That'll be an interesting one to see, like where he lands in an ADP list next year. Yeah, it'll be. I could see myself getting shares of him next year. I definitely can. And what's nice is I think he has yeah. second and third eligibility for next year. I'll have to look. Yeah, he might. I know he does have it now. Um, I saved Shohei Otani for last here amongst bats to talk about because we usually transition from hitters and then we go into pitchers and. Otani does both, and he's having another pretty solid season. 14 home runs, a .294 batting average, .350 on-base percentage, and 57 games played. He's got five steals mixed in, which is really solid. And his rehab from Tommy John surgery is going well so far. He's expected to be back on the mound in beginning of 2020. So, Andrew, I want to start throwing this question out there, and I know it's a hard one to think about yet, but... Let's say you play in a daily redraft league, and it sounds like Otani's healthy, and he's 
back going to go back on the mound in the spring and he's shown well in spring training and he's going to be out there starting first game of the year and you're having a draft right before the season where do you think you're considering this guy in a daily league going into drafts under that scenario daily redraft and he's healthy and ready to pitch yes i mean he's gonna be a first rounder i think i agree he's gonna be in that in that format now i don't think that in some of these weekly or semi-weekly you know setups he is going to be that necessarily but in a daily redraft where you can just put him in your hitting lineup when he's not pitching and you can put him in your pitching lineup when he starts. Uh, I mean, mid to late first round, right? I, I don't I think don't he's going to go there, but I think he should. This is, this is, I my think take. he's going to go there. I think he's going to go there. If, if what you're saying is true, if he is healthy and ready to pitch, and he's shown well in spring training. That's what you said. Yes. Then he's he's going in the first round in this exact scenario. And I, it, he's not going to go in the first round in every league. But this guy isn't going to sneak past people. Like it's not like he's going to be an under the radar. Like I'm more creative than everyone else. No, that ain't going to happen with him. I just it's not. He's hitting too well this year for that to happen. I feel like. I, I and in a people... daily in a daily league, I just. I just don't think it's going to sneak by anybody. I think somebody could get aggressive and pick him even. I don't know. Somebody's going to get crazy on it. I know they are. There's a lot of people out there that believe. I I think people are going to get aggressive and think they can take him in the second round. And I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong here. My prediction is he's overdrafted in weekly leagues next year if if he's healthy and he's underdrafted. And in daily leagues, yeah, I can agree with that. I can I think, agree with that. I think that's the way I would kind of think about it. I will say, I will say, in a in a weekly league with him, I'm not going to get him. I just Agreed. know that I know that I am just I just won't. There will be somebody in the room that is more aggressive than me. But in a daily league, I, I think I would get aggressive, especially if he's pitching good and you know everything looks good. I, I think I'd be willing to do it in that spot. How many nine category players have you ever owned? Right, I know how many- exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's it's totally nuts the flexibility and all that. It's just, and, and like I say, he's raking this year too. Yep. I mean, he's he's really come on. He kind of started off a little slow, but. He's come on and uh, definitely been better than I expected. So, I haven't looked at his pitching staff from last year in a while, and I'm looking at him right now. It's a small sample. He threw 51 innings, and he had in those 51 innings, he had 63 strikeouts. He did walk 22. It's a little on the high end, but he didn't give up many home runs. He was really good. 3.3 ERA. He was pitching like the ace on that team before that injury. Man, I hope he's back healthy and pitching like that again. Do you think this is one thing I wonder, and I've I maybe have mentioned this before, but do you think that when he's pitching, that he will hit the day before and the day after he pitches? 
Well, they didn't do it last year. I'm going to say that they don't do it to start off next year either. And then. Yeah. But, I just I wonder. I just, I just wonder if he'll miss more games than people expect because of, you know, like if he's pitching every fifth day, there's four days in between where he can hit. But if you take two of those away, and I'm not saying they will, but I'm just saying if you did, the day before and the day after, then, you know, that's cutting out a lot of the at-bats. I, so think- I, I wonder about it. I'm not saying it will happen. I, I could see them maybe doing one of the two, maybe not both. But uh, it's just something I've always kind of thought. Because I, I know they did it, like you said, I know they did it last year so. They did it last year, but they also ran a six-man rotation out there, and I think their goal is to do it exact same way next year. I think he'll be a six-man rotation. I think they'll try to, in doing that, that means he'll get one start a week typically and three starts as a hitter. And I think that's kind of what I would be going into next year hopeful for. And I think that's the right move. you got a special bat like that, and you want to try to keep him – I don't think I want him hitting hitting that much and running around on the bases that much before he's pitching the next day. Plus that, uh, plus that keeps his innings down too, which you yep. don't want the in, you know they're not going to want the innings getting real high next year. So, yep. yeah, that that's probably a a good uh, solution for uh, just speaking on next year specifically. Moving on, we got two more young Angels pitchers who are struggling this year. Andrew Heaney and rookie pitcher Griffin Canning, both have decent streak, strikeout to walk rates. Both have been pounding pretty good early on here. Who would you rather have in the dynasty league between these two arms? Uh, flip a coin. I mean, I think I like Heaney's stuff a little bit better, but Canning's younger. I mean, I'd just say flip a coin. I really I don't, don't care that much. I don't have a strong take either, and it's kind of the same thing. One of them's younger, and the other one's got a little more time of pitching. I think I'd go canning just because of the fact of the age, but yeah, I'm with you. It's a flip a coin. Yeah, sometimes with guys like that, though, I just want the guy that's better right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, yeah. I don't have a strong opinion on it either way. What about Hansel Robles? Are you sold on him as the closer he's been good i it's hard to uh really say anything bad about him i mean he was pretty much free you know he wasn't expected to be anything coming into the year i want to say in my 50 round nfbc draft and hold that i did in january it was my first draft i don't even think he was drafted i think i noticed every once in a while i glance at the free agents i mean you can't pick anybody up but it's fun to do because you see the guys that have emerged. Like, you want to hear something crazy? This will blow your mind. Jan- okay, so the draft was in January. I think I started it on, like, January 5th, January 7th, something like that. It went three weeks. 50 rounds, 15 teams, 750 players drafted. You want to know who was not drafted in that draft? Pitcher or Hitter. Hitter. Um, blowing up this year that, all right, give me a division. 
I'll just say it because you're not going to okay. get it. Jordan Alvarez. <laughs> what? Yeah. How was he not drafted? I mean, how did he go 50 rounds without getting drafted? Well, he's also just extremely blown up this season, though. I mean, yeah, but he was a I, top 30 prospect. He, he was a highly touted prospect, yeah. I mean, you have to keep... I will say that in a lot of the, um, he's, his ownership percentage in those leagues is pretty high. I want to say 70 or 80%. So he was drafted in more of them than he wasn't, but he wasn't drafted in mine. Wow. I just thought it, I, and I noticed it in like late April, maybe, or May when he was turning it on. And I was like, oh boy, that's just too funny. Like nobody owns him. It's. I like looking at that stuff. I just think it's funny. But there's other guys too. But Hansel Robles, I know. I mean, getting back to Robles, hey, he's been good. I, I, uh, you know, like I said, totally free, pretty much. It's hard to, uh, it's hard to complain about a guy that's getting you saves that you didn't really pay for. So yeah, it's nice. I just looked it up. I'm in one draft and hold. Jordan Alvarez went in round 38 in mine. Man, that's yeah. a nice. Whoever did yeah, that guy just, that did that, he, that's nice. If you rewound, and I know it's hard to think of now because he's blowing up, but if you rewound to January, you wouldn't think it was that crazy. I promise. It's just no, if not. it was, if it was, believe me, I would have taken him. Like I, you know, it's it just it's nuts how much he's blown up in the last six months. I mean, that just shows you right there. Okay, well, let's talk Joe Adele now. Um, what number prospect is he for you in terms of prospects? If you remove Jordan from the equation, and I'm going to in this instance just because he's about off the list and he's in the majors, he's number two for me. Okay. Uh, and it seems like- I, I, I heard a podcast this week with a couple of guys. They do they do rankings or whatever, and they have Joe Adele at number one. What? And the they gave the reasoning. They asked him about it, and he had really good reasoning as to why he had him number one. Basically, he said. He's closer to the majors than Wander. And I, for the record, I'm not agreeing with this. I have, I would have Wander one. I'm just giving the reasoning that he had behind it. He said he's closer to the majors and he has a higher ceiling. And I agree with both of those. You so, know, now that you say that, I do remember hearing somebody else, seeing somebody else's list, having Adele number one. I'm not going to mention who. Seems like a smart person. And, um, I thought this I had that same, is, this reaction. is a smart, yeah, this is a smart person too. And I remember them doing their, I, I doubt we're talking about the same person, but no, we're not. when I heard this one, I was like, okay, yeah, that's a pretty good defense now that I hear it. So even though I'm reacting now that you're saying that I'm remembering when I heard this argument made about three or four weeks ago and I had the exact same reaction and then I was like, okay, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I mean, if, thing. if Joe if Joe Adele 
is this five tool phenom that we think he is, nobody's going to scoff at that. I mean, if he comes up and he's that. So I, I get the argument. I, I'd still have him too, but um, when he explained it, I was like, that was a really good explanation for it. So, but yeah, let I'd me ask you this. Too. Is he closer to number one or number three? Three. For me. I agree. But I think, I think Bo Bichette's yeah, my three right now, and I, I think I would put them two a lot closer together. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm not sure. I, I think I maybe would have Robert three at the moment, but it's, yeah, they're all. There's a group. Yeah, it's they're all kind of together to me. I I, I do think Wander's a a little bit ahead of them, but uh, I just liked the explanation that the guy gave on Adele. All right. Well, there's a lot of other prospects ranked close together behind Adele. You know, in the 100 to 200 range on a lot of lists. We got um, Jordan Adams, Jeremiah Jackson, Brandon Marsh, Deshaun Knowles, Trent DeVoe. Got new draftee Will Wilson. Of those guys, do you have somebody that really sticks out to you as somebody you like above the rest? I like a few of them. I would have Adams too, Jordan Adams, if it was, you know, on my list. Mm-hmm. I um, he I've been to a few minor league games this year and Jordan Adams is so fun to watch man that guy is if he refines his hit tool he he, he was probably of of the guys that I saw besides Wander I mean I'm not even gonna really include Wander but he may have been the most impressive out of all of them I just I love the way He's just so athletic. It's just ridiculous. Like, I was thinking as I was watching him, like, this guy has been the best athlete on every field he's ever been on, probably. Just, he's fast. Everything he does is, like, silky smooth, you know, out in the field. And if if he can hit, you know, if he just gets, gets around on that hit tool, he's going to be a player for sure. He's just kind of getting into baseball full time. So it's hard to, excuse me, it's hard to judge some of this, but um, yeah, I really, I really liked, liked watching him out of all the guys I've seen this year. He was one that kind of just jumped out. Like I really liked this guy. I've heard other people say similar things. And you know, when you look at what he's done this year, if you look at his stats on fan graphs, if you're an owner, it's easy to be like, nah, doesn't seem too impressive. But he feels yeah. like a guy that you just want to hang on to. Not pay yep. attention to that and see if he develops and try to hold on for a few years. Yeah, see what I would, happens. I wouldn't give up on him at all. I mean, uh-huh. he isn't doing he isn't doing great, but there's tools there that I feel like the explosion could happen. Last mm-hmm. year, people were really down on Robert. And look at this year, you know, I'm, I'm not saying he's that necessarily, but there's just, it's, it's too early to, to write him off. There's, there's no way I would do it. I agree. You said you had, there were a couple others you liked, did you say? Um, not a ton. I I think he would definitely be my second. I kind of like Marsh. Um, 
Wilson, you know, we'll see on him. I need to look a little more into that, but, um, Jeremiah Jackson, he's all right. Nobody, nobody too much. I'd probably, I'd probably have Marsh, uh, as my next guy, but there's a few. I have a, one share of Trent DeVoe. He's just rookie ball guy. That's been pretty good this year. Has some speed. Other than that, not a whole lot else. Uh, Kevin Maiton, uh, no more of him. him. By the way, that that game, I got to mention too, that game that I saw Jordan Adams, Kevin Maiton's on that team, and I was about a foot from Kevin Maiton. He was signing autographs, and I I was like the only one there that didn't want his autograph. Like everybody else, (laughs) everybody else is like trying to get him to sign stuff. It was a lot of kids and, you know, a couple – uh, middle-aged guys, but I'm just like standing there like, I don't even want this dude's autograph, but he is huge, man. They, and then they got him at second base. So I'm just, the whole game, I was like, oh man, I really want the, a ball hit to like the middle, you know, right up the middle, basically, where he has to show range and try and make a play, you know, backhand the ball and throw it to first and show range. Yeah. Just cause I wanted to see how it looked and it never ended up happening. Of course, I'm like waiting for it the whole game. And I think he had one or two hit to him. It was just right to him. So it was easy, but it, he I'm, looked so, I can't even tell you how out of place he looked at second base. It was just that guy. If he ever makes it, he's first base DH type, you know, but um, yeah, he's just been terrible. <laughs> I'm just mentally picturing Pablo Sandoval at second base hearing you say that. Yeah, That's it, what was, I it, was, it wasn't far off that. That's an extreme example, but it wasn't that far off of that. Okay, next up we got the Texas Rangers. We'll move on to them. And I ask this question a lot in the National League, and I haven't asked it as much in the American League. But while I was thinking about the Rangers – I didn't have a good answer for the question I was asking, which is, which direction is the Ranger stock going right now? Andrew, how would you answer that? Uh, pretty neutral, maybe up slightly, but uh, I think pretty neutral for the most part. What's, what's their record at now? I know they were over 500. They've had a, kind of a rough t- stretch. They yeah, were- they're kind of in a little tailspin. They're 52 and 40, 50 and yeah, 49 seven, right now. Seven game losing streak. Yeah, I just saw. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're, they're still probably a little better, I would say, than I thought. I mean, at this point in the season, I, I wouldn't have picked them to be 500, I don't think. So they're, uh, they're fine, I mean, for what you expected. Um, okay, so. While I was looking at the roster resource page for this team, I realized Prince Fielder's contract with the Rangers that he originally signed with Detroit in 2012 is still running. He's under contract through the end of next season. And I think they're probably getting some insurance money out of it, but it just had me wondering and thinking about, you know, I hear Scott Boris complaining so much about all these deals that are free agents that are sitting out there. He never seems to remember to bring up Prince Fielder. Yeah, that's crazy. I did. I actually didn't know that. That was pretty shocking when I stumbled upon that one. So yeah, it's crazy. 
We'll start off talking Joey Gallo. He hit 209 and 206 the previous two seasons before this year. And despite striking out at a higher rate than either of those two seasons, you know, those seasons were 35 and 36%, and it's 37% this year, his batting average is 253. And we've talked about this crazy batting average a few times, and it has dipped from where it was. I think it was even at 300 at one point. But, Andrew, I'll ask this question again. Where does Joey Gallo finish the year in the batting average department? You said, where is he at now? I he's didn't know. 253. Was, you said it. 253. Well, he's actually dropped some lately. Yes. Um, I will say 240. Oh, so that's not bad. You're, you're, you're higher Two, than I'm saying then. Maybe upper 230s. I'm gonna say he's 225. Maybe yeah. this is a maybe this. Oh dang it! I thought I was gonna get you for a bet. Oh god, no! I'm not betting on Joey Gallo's <laughs> betting average. You said 240. I'm like, ooh, we may have something here. No, no. I'm trying to be optimistic. You know, he's my boy. <laughs> he is your boy, and I. But you gotta, him. but you gotta bring up the one thing he's not good at. Because he's insane at everything else. Yes, he is. And I'm getting ready to get into that. <laughs> he's in, always been really good at taking walks. He has a career 14% walk rate. But he's put that uh, taken that to a whole new level this year. He's walked in 17.7% of his at uh, plate appearances this year. That's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, this guy is so unique it's just i'm on his page right now on baseball savant 100th percentile hard hit percentage 99th percentile exit velocity 97th percentile x weighted on base 98th percentile x slugging he's a masher he strikes out, he walks, it's three true outcomes. I've said it so many times. It reminds me a lot of Adam Dunn, but he might have the most power in the league. If not, he's right there with Stanton, Judge, probably not anybody else that I can think of off the top of my head, but he is right there. And he's just, he's just a beast. I mean, it, the, the, Batting average won't ever help you on base leagues. He's way more valuable just because his on base. If he can even bat like 240, his on base is going to be elite because he walks a ton. Uh, yeah, he's he's a stud, man. I love him. He's just such a different player. He, he's like an extreme version we mentioned on the last show of Matt Olson. Like to me, Matt Olson is. Joey Gallo light. Best way I can put it. Mm-hmm. He's, I have, I just traded him to you in Roto Masters too. I've had him for the last previous two and a half seasons. He is the best guy to go watch a home run replay of. It's just incredible yeah. light tower power. Yeah, it's so e- it's so easy for him to hit it out. It's just, I feel like sometimes he doesn't even get it, and then it's gone. Mm-hmm. It's just nuts. Okay. Elvis Andrews, he's having a really nice bounce back season. 
I do remember predicting on the shortstop episode before the year um, that he'd hit 12 to 15 home runs. And you asked me how many steals he'd have. And I'm like, I think he'll get up to 15 or 20. And you said, if I thought he'd steal that many bags, I should be drafting him everywhere. And well, I didn't get any shares before the year, so I didn't listen to you. And here he is with 21 steals and 88 games played. He's playing at an elite level right now. Yeah. Yeah, he's having a really good season. I think that you said 21 steals, right? I did. I think that uh, something like that would have been hard for anyone to predict. I mean, yeah, he's had some high stolen base totals in the past. I just think that with a guy that's 30 coming off of last season – that it was hard to predict this type of bounce back in steals. But, yeah, he's definitely had it. I mean, last year he had five steals in 97 games played. This year he's got 21 in 88 games. And his injury was elbow. Yes. I mean, it wasn't wasn't like it was his legs. So, I mean, that – growth it's probably situational stuff within you know within the game that it's it's hard to measure but um i think anybody projecting that type of growth back in steals at age 30 it's just it's something that you just can't predict and it just happened you know and good for him i mean he's having a really good year like i said okay let's play rest of season him or him game with him got some guys here for you some other short stops in their 20s I'm going to start up near the top of my list with Xander Bogarts. Bogarts. Agreed. What about Glaber Torres? Um, Torres. But I will say, if you need steals, I I mean that's not that's that's not like it's a bad swap. No, in a, redra- in a redraft league, if you needed steals right now, I mean, I'd probably make that swap. What about Dansby Swanson? Andrews. And then Jonathan VR, one of your guys going into this year? Uh, I'd probably... I don't know. That's close. I think I'd take VR, but that's pretty close. I think I'm going Elvis, but I agree. It is close. Let's kind of take your pick there. Yeah, it's like, to me, I just take the steals I trust more, and I trust VR steals more than Andrews's. I do agree but, with that. But that's, it, it, we're at the point now, though, in the season, when you're saying rest of season, it's like 60 games, and that's a small enough sample that could go either way. All right, well, what about Nomar Mazar? He's having another okay not great season but in the era where everyone's hitting a ton of home runs with his juice ball this is another year where he really isn't he has 13 home runs in 88 games so far and now there's even rumors that the rangers have discussed possibly possibly um optioning him to triple a is the shine off this guy in the dynasty leagues andrew i think the shine's off of him Mostly, I, I mean that 
I'm not going to completely write him off. There could be a year where he does pop, but uh, I don't know. I just don't feel like there's been enough growth. I, I feel like a lot of the reason that people still like him is because he's still pretty young, but he hasn't really gotten better between the ages of 21 and 24. I mean, he just really isn't getting better. And that's a problem. Yep. Is is it not? I mean, that's that's a problem. A lot of it reminds me of Jason Hayward, who I always thought had that elite potential and then just never was turning that corner like I expected him to. And, you know, I own Mazzara. I have a dynasty share. I still believe that there is that bat in there that could hit 35 bombs and just be a MVP candidate. I see it whenever he gets a hold of one and puts it in the air. He's got 70-grade power in that bat, but it's not its not showing up in game right now. And I don't know if it will ever, but I'm going to keep holding on and hoping. Eventually, he's going to need to do it. The one good thing I'll say is he is hitting the ball harder this year. His ground ball and getting it in the air because – he was up at 55% ground ball rate, which is way too high. And he's at least got that down to 49 this year. But that's been his problem. He does not get the ball in the air enough, and he hits it on the ground too much. His hard rate, hit rate is by far a career high at 47%. And that's great. But, again, he's got to start hitting that ball in the air more. That's, I think, yeah. I think that's what it, his problem is. I feel like most dynasty lists that I've looked at over the past year or two have have just had him too high. I, I've I've thought that for a couple years, and uh, I haven't really seen anything to make me change my mind. With each passing year, it's just going to get worse unless he gets better. So. It's just, uh, you're not going to be able to sell him as he's still young for much longer. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's 20, he's 24 and and that's still young, but, uh, you know, two or three more years of this and all of a sudden he's 26, 27, still doing this. Nobody's Nobody. going to want him. Yeah. Yep. Let's play a dynasty him or him game with Buxton. I've got a list of guys here for you. Or I said Buxton. I met Mazzara, but my first guy I was going to bring up was Byron Buxton. Buxton or Mazzara? Buxton. Your boy David Dahl. Dahl. Those are pretty significant. Yep. I'm I'm giving you some layups, and I think it'll get a little harder as I work down. Clint Frazier. Man, that's a good one. Uh, they're actually about the same age. I tell you, I, if I just wish Frazier would get moved. I mean, I would take Frazier if he was just in a spot where he could play, but, um, yeah, I, I think right now, if there was a dynasty draft like today, I think Mazzara would go higher, but move Frazier to a spot where he's playing every day. And I think it'd be flipped. Okay. 
I guess that's what, the best way I can put it for now. What about another kid who's frustrated dynasty owners? Greg Polanco. Oh, man. Uh, probably <laughs> Mazzara. Welcome to hell where you have to take I, Yeah, I too. don't even... <laughs> Polanco's not even a kid. He's... What is he's he, 27 like, now? He's almost 28. Okay. And he's just... Whatever. I'd probably I'd probably gamble on Mazzara. Okay. All right. Andrew, what the heck happened at Rukneto Odor? We've got a 189 batting average and a 33.4% strikeout rate. Is he about to play himself out of a job? He might be getting there. That guy it just seems like he's consistently gotten worse you know for a guy that's been young i mean he was younger than you think when he came up and um you would hope guys like that would get better and he just he just hasn't uh he's actually one of the guys that i think about when we talk about hit tools and wanting hit tools and young players and not getting too in love with the the other stuff on the guys that can't hit, I always think of Rugnet Odor when I think of those guys. Because he's just, he's not a, like, a, he doesn't hit really. You know, it's just, he has power, but he doesn't make enough contact. And the argument for those guys that put the bat on the ball, I mean, Look at Rugnet Odor if you want to back that argument because he's terrible at it. He just he's just not good at it. It was at the point he, he does he does put up good power and speed, but I mean, yeah, he could play himself out of a job. Yeah, I think if they had a really viable option right now, I think he would have already done it. Yeah, that's the thing is they don't really. So uh huh. Yeah, Willie Calhoun, who actually got some, a few games down there in the minors. People were starting to wonder, but also Willie Calhoun's an absolutely terrible defender. Yeah. Speaking of moving on to Willie, I was going to bring him up next. He's raised his stock this year and played pretty regularly for the Rangers for a month or two there. And then just recently he was optioned, which surprised a lot of people, including Willie, who seemed to take it hard. In that time where he was playing and playing decent, did he sell you on his future stock at all? Uh, not really. I, I've never really been too big of a Willie Calhoun guy. I, I think it's one of those where I, I would potentially be interested if it was a, like a league where I'm just throwing away this year and looking for guys that could maybe help me next year. You know, if I'm not, Winning the league, not competing, whatever you want to call it. But um, I'm, not, I'm just not really sure what to make of him. He's almost 25. He hasn't had an extended look in the, in the major leagues. He's just, you know, everybody says he can hit, but he hasn't really proven that in the majors at all. And part of that may be because he can't hit as good as people think, but it also could be because he hasn't had the extended run. I, I don't really know what to make of him, but 
I, I don't know. He's just whatever to me. I'm not really a a fan. I really wasn't well, he, either. I uh, did. He was cut in a dynasty league I was in, so I picked him up a couple months ago. A guy who was contending who just had a roster crunch threw him out there, and yeah, I had I a would, roster spot. I, would, I gladly if he was, took him. Yeah, I would pick him up if he was dropped too. But I was, that's you know that's different than paying something for him, I guess. Yeah. I was happy with the performance when I had him. I don't know. I, I think he's going to get himself back to getting some playing time. I would imagine they're going to trade Hunter Pence in the next week, and he'll be back up. But I think he needs to get a yeah. shot, keep him in there, yeah. and see what you can do with him, especially if he you're not contending. Need, he does need to get a shot. On that team, they're, they're not going anywhere. He's at that age. You know, when you're 24 – and you're this, you know, on the cusp of the major, you know, bouncing back and forth. It's it's time, you know, it's just, it's time to see it. Like, if you have anything there, you need to find out. And maybe you don't, but it's the time to find out is now, so. And as we move on to pitching here, Andrew, let's take a moment and talk about the Rangers' co-aces. And when I say co-aces, I'm talking about Lance Lynn and Mike Miner. Yes, Miner and Lynn have carried the Rangers staff this year. Explain that one to me, Andrew. You know what's you know what's great about that? They're the best co-aces in the AL West besides the Astros. <laughs> I mean, they're better than they're definitely better than Oakland, too, like we mentioned, and they're better than the Angels too. I uh, I tell you what I. I love Lance Lynn, man. Like that guy. I always have kind of, when he's been ignored this last year or two, it's always been in the back of my head that he could bounce back. I just, because I, I remember the, you know, decent years. I mean, he's never been great, but the decent years that he had with uh, was it the Cardinals, right? Was it all with the Cardinals? I can't remember. But Oh, yeah. Um, they were all with the Cardinals. All with the Cardinals. Yeah, I thought so. Um, and it's always been in the back of my mind. Like, this guy's totally ignored. I could see something where, not that I didn't expect this, you know, for the record, but uh, him bouncing back to relevance wasn't shocking to me. And uh, I actually have him in my online championship league. <laughs> Uh, 12-team redraft, I've been bouncing between first and second. And he, I picked him up, you know, a while back just for a two-start week. And he, he hasn't left my lineup since. It's just ridiculous. He's <laughs> 12 Ks the other night. I mean, he's just – he is such a horse. He go. The other thing is, too, and I don't know how much people notice this that don't own him. That guy go, is like a throwback. He goes so deep into games. Yes. And it's almost, He's got a and it's almost arm. Yeah, it's almost one of those things where if you're watching the game and it's the first, second, third inning and he doesn't have it, it's like, oh no. Because they're not gonna take him out. Like if he starts getting rocked in the third inning and he's given up a bunch of runs, like the way I am, if I see my guy doesn't have it, I want him out of the game. I don't want him to just keep blowing my ratios up. Nice. And luckily, Lynn hasn't done much of that this year because he's been good. But uh, he's one of those guys that if he's on that 
path to give up eight or nine runs, he's going to do it because they're they're not going to take him out. He's going to pitch over a hundred pitches and. But yeah, it's it's good when he's getting the K's and pitching good. I I don't know how long it'll last, but Miner's been really good too. I don't have quite as much to say about him because I don't own Miner anywhere. But uh, yeah, they've both been pretty good. Throwbacks, guys who were kind of big deals about seven, eight, nine years ago. Who Miner is? It was a longer road back than Lynn, but it's pretty incredible what they've both done. It's really yeah. incredible. Yeah, no kidding. Let me ask you then, which just take a prediction here because none of us know which one of these runs lasts longer. Uh, age blends a little bit older, I think. Uh, I'll say, I'll say Lynn. I think what yep. he's doing is a little more legit, even though he's older. I mean, I don't think either one of them is going to last real long, but, um, yeah, I'll say Lynn. Agreed. Um, I'm looking at Lynn right now, and actually, hit the one big difference. Lynn's got a three nine three RA and a three seven two xFIP, so he's actually been unlucky in that department. While Miner's got a sub three RA, but he's got a four four xFIP, so they're saying he should be a lot worse than he's been, and that's surprising you know, because his ratios don't look bad. You know, Lynn's war on fan graphs is second to Max Scherzer. <laughs> he is a higher, he has higher, he's above Garrett Cole by a full win. Oh my gosh. And it's, it's totally bonkers. I mean, that... he, it actually is legit what he's doing, like everything. And it doesn't mean it's going to continue, but what he's done this season is legit. It's crazy. Year. Yeah, it's it's crazy. All right. Now the bullpen was where I'm gonna what I want to talk about next. And my question I was originally gonna ask was is Jose LeClerc done closing games? But we do have an injury right now and they're um Sean Kelly is back to the injured list. Do you think they give LeClerc the first shot here? They should, yeah. I agree. I, I would yeah, I would think so. Kudos to anybody that held on to him this whole time. I, I think there's some out there and I don't know if I would have, I might've, but that's tough when you're sitting there holding the roster spot over something like that, how long it's been to. Yeah. That, I'd have thrown that's him back. Tough. Yeah, that's tough, but kudos to anybody that did. I think that they should get some saves the rest of the way. Agreed. All right. Prospect wise. Who do you think the Rangers' number one prospect is? God, it's it's pretty ugly, actually. Yeah, I don't really, I don't really even think. I was looking at these guys that you listed: Bubba Thompson, Shirt and Apostle, Leody Tavares, Joe Palumbo, Luis Angel Acuna. There's Cole Wynn. I mean, they, they did I, trade for Nick I, Solak. He's not on the list. Yeah, but he's Nick in Solak. There. Yeah, I um. I don't really even know. Josh Young, too, the guy they drafted in the first round, he's got an argument, too. I, it could be any of those guys. I, I don't even really have a strong opinion on it. Yeah. It's, 
why I wonder about like going back to the original question with their stock. I, I don't feel great about this team because I just don't look at these prospects and feel great about any of them. I don't look at any of these guys and think, okay, that guy's going to come up and be a star for this franchise. Yeah. They no, don't have totally that fair. right now. Yeah. I was looking actually the other day at the, uh, the hard hit data on Rotowire. Bubba mm-hmm. Thompson's hard hit percentage this year is like five percent. Oh my word! It, it was it was like mind boggling. I think what I did was I ranked. I forget what I was doing. I I was ranking like the the hard hit rates, you know. But I I didn't have it sorted because I think you could sort by uh, how few of it or how many at bats or something. But I didn't do that. So it's showing me everybody, you know, there's some guys that don't have a lot of at-bats, but I clicked on the bottom half of it to show me the bad ones, you know, and I was just kind of scanning through, and uh, Bubba Thompson's was really, really low. I I don't know if it was exactly, I'm actually pulling it back up right now. I don't know if it was exactly that, but it was really close. Yeah, 5.6% hard hit percentage. Gross. Which is that is gross. I mean, that's that's so bad. And then so that that triggered me to pull up his actual page on uh on MILB and it's just as ugly. I mean, it's really bad. It's been terrible. And now the final team of the thirty teams we've covered, Andrew. The one we've been waiting for, it's the Seattle Mariners. It's Jerry DePoto's world where he treats his team, his players like a fantasy team, where it sure seems that way at times. Yeah, this uh, kind of kind of felt King Crescent back down to earth pretty quick with these guys, huh? Yeah. Yeah. What were they, what were they like? Tw- were they like 12 and 2 or something? Oh, or was to it start the year? It was yeah. something like that, and it made yeah. Because no I, I was, I was looking at their record the other day, and I was trying to remember what they started, and then remove that, and just like what they've done since, because it would be Orioles level. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's just as bad as the Orioles and the Tigers. It's so terrible. But had- uh, yeah, it's right around that. If you remove that. First, I don't remember. I don't know exactly what it was. I'd have to look it up. But whatever that hot start was, if you remove that and just go, you know, whatever, April 15th on, they've been as bad as Baltimore or like right there with them. And everybody just remember this next April when some terrible team is off to a 10 10 and 4 start. Just remember the Mariners. Yeah. Well, Mitch Haniger, he had a breakout in 2018 with 26 home runs, 285 batting average, 90-plus runs, and RBI. And this year he did have an injury, but he has 15 home runs in 63 games, but his batting average is only 220. And the strikeouts have jumped from 21 to 28%. The batted ball luck has dropped 80 points. Does Haniger feel like a buy a hold or a sell right now in terms of redraft or dynasty leagues. Thoughts on that? I've never really been a Hanniger guy. I he's 28, 
falling off this year. Um, if you can get anybody to buy into his previous levels, I'd send him on his way. But yeah, I mean, he's not. It's not like he's terrible or anything. I just he just hasn't been that good this year. Bad supporting cast. I don't know when it's going to get better. Outfielder that doesn't run. I mean, this is kind of what happens when all that comes crashing down. So, yeah, not pretty. So, Domingo Santana or Mitch Haniger rest of season? Domingo Santana. I agree. And Domingo has had a nice rebound from after a tough year last year 19 home runs, six steals, 276 batting average in 98 games. His draft value could sneak back up there in 2020 redrafts. Does this give you some reservation, or would you buy Santana Domingo if he was going in round six or eight or so? We'll have to see where he goes. I uh, I feel like that was one of the guys. It's it's kind of frustrating because of all the late the late round uh, and, you know, mid to late round outfielders. There were several that I think me and you both liked. Um, I know Meadows was one we hit on him, I guess, excluding him. But I, I feel like this was the one that I didn't get anywhere. I mean, I didn't get him anywhere. And I feel like he was the only one of the guys that I kind of targeted that I didn't get. And uh, he's been pretty good. And, I tell you, you can't really hold last year against him. I, he just didn't get the playing time, but it was just because the Brewers couldn't play. You know, they could didn't have room for him. So, yeah, I think he's fine. I mean, he was really good in 17, been really good this year. So, Yep, and throw away last year. They, tr- they yeah. brought in too many people into Milwaukee, and they just had nowhere to play him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously, you know, you assume playing time going forward. And, yeah, I think he's pretty solid. Next question. Who on earth is Dan Vogelbach? 23 home runs in 91 games. Only a two thirty nine batting average. But thanks to a 17% walk rate, his on-base percentage is up 374. His numbers don't look too far off from what I was kind of thinking Bryce Harper's season numbers have been. I went and looked, and Harper at that time, he's got a few fewer homers also. So I'll ask again, who on earth is Dan Vogelbach? Pretty much exactly what you said. I mean, high power, Bryce Harper? High, high walks. No, not, not Bryce Harper. Sorry. <laughs> no, I didn't I, mean I that. Didn't, but I had the first it. part. I meant what you said, the first part. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, he's Bryce Harper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no high power, high walks. Um, I don't know. He's such a such a weird player. He he looks like uh, he just doesn't look like he's a baseball player, but he is. He's been pretty good this year. So gotta you know, give him uh, gotta give him credit for that. It's too bad that that Raiders quarterback already took the name that Hefty Lefty because I think Dan Vogelbach would yeah. fit that real well. Also, oh yeah. For sure. <laughs> okay. Pitching. Uh, you say Kikuchi. We've talked about him a few times, and 
it's not gotten any better for him as the year's gone on. It, if anything, I think it's gotten worse. His ERA is all the way up to 5.37 after another bad outing last night. 6.6K per nine. Walks are all right at 3.2 per nine, but it's been a bad season. And Kikuchi, he'll be cheap next year. Would you take him near the end of a like a 15-team redraft in hopes of a rebound, or is this a guy who you're going to have to see it for a waiver wire pickup? Maybe in like a draft and hold league or something late. I, I'd be more likely probably next year than I was this year. I, I tell you, I've missed some stuff this year for sure, and there will be times where that gets brought up. But I feel like I nailed Kikuchi. I wanted yeah. nothing to do with this guy. I know you didn't either. You know, people are taking him one, two, and – those uh sub drafts and i think i had him like 15 i had him like 15 and look at all the guys that they took him over i mean luciano mize larnick you could go on gorman groshans you could go just go on and on for xavier edwards there's tons of them and it's just so so bad it and i i i wanted nothing to do with them i think i had him 15 um, and I don't even know if I would have actually taken him there. I just felt like I kind of had to put him not much lower than that because it was lower than anybody that I saw had him. I mean, there was mm-hmm. a lot of highly respected people in the industry w- saying to take him one and two, and I wanted nothing to do with it. I mean, pr- yes, the production is close, but if the production is terrible, what does it matter? And I, I will admit, I didn't think it would be this bad. But this is why you don't buy like mediocre talents that are close to the majors. It, it just—he's not doing anything for anybody except hurting them. So, mm-hmm. I had the tenth, eleventh, and twelfth pick in the Rotomasters draft this year, and I couldn't believe he fell to me. And I still was like, man, I don't want to take him. And I sat there and yeah. I, I pretty much talked myself out of taking him because I just did not want him. And I thought. Yeah, Man, he, went, uh, 13. he went 13, 13, yeah, yeah. And I remember thinking, wow, that's late, because in the other ones he was going, you know, one, two, three, whatever. Um, but I also just remember thinking, I, I just, I didn't care. Like, it was another guy that I was going to be able to take. I just didn't really want him. Mm-hmm. As we I move will, on to, like I said, like I said though, I, next year late in a draft and old, if he goes really late, I would maybe, I would maybe get in there because yep. I think he's better than this. He'll, he'll probably have a point where he's he's decent. I mean, I don't think he'll just be this terrible forever, but it's definitely been ugly. I'm on board with that. As we move on to prospects, I thought I'd ask this question here, Andrew. Who is the player in the Seattle organization that you'd want to most own right now in a dynasty league? Would it be somebody like a Mitch Haniger, Domingo Santana, or would it be one of their big three prospects? They've got Julio Rodriguez, Drake, Jake Fraley, and Jared Kelnick. Who is the number one Mariners player in dynasty league re- drafts right now? It it depends a lot, I think, on your contention window. 
Um, if I had Julio Rodriguez or Jared Kelnick, I don't think I would trade them straight up for like Hanniger and Santana, just because that's not the type of trade I like to make when I have assets like that. Um, you know, in a, in like a dynasty startup situation, I don't know which one of them goes first, but I definitely like those three prospects and, you know, I like Santana. I don't love him, and I'm not really a Hanniger guy, like I said. So I think you can make the argument for, for the kids, but it definitely does depend on your contention window. I mean, obviously if you're able to win and you have Domingo Santana, you're not trading him for somebody that isn't going to help you win. So, yeah, I think I got Julio one. And I think even if I'm contending, my thought process is I think I can trade that guy and get myself that impact player. Um, we, we talked earlier about how Joey Gallo, I traded him to you in Roto Masters too, and Julio was one of the two big pieces coming back to me along with the first round pick next year, which. Is like is looking good that it'll be a top three pick, maybe even the f- number one overall. And I mean, I'm the one that sent you the offer because, and that that's the type of player you got to give up Julio. Yeah. It was a right. Joey Gallo esque player, along right. with the well. I mean, really I gave I gave too. up. Yeah, I mean that's a pretty big piece, but yeah, yes. But that's the kind of trade you're going to want to make if you're trading a Julio Rodriguez as compared to. Like you said, a Hanager or a Santana, you're going to aim higher. Yeah. Yeah. So, with those prospects, how would you rank those three guys? Kelnick, Fraley, Rodriguez. Rodriguez, Kelnick, Fraley. Agreed. I think some some would rank it Kelnick, Rodriguez, Fraley. But I think Fraley's clearly three. I do like Fraley quite a bit. Uh, he's just a little bit older than them and... You know, he'll, he'll be the first one to the majors out of the three. I actually think um, he could be in the majors the end of this year. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, the other two are just a cut above. I think that's pretty clear. We, we're we both uh, pretty big fans of Julio. So. Yep. And I like Kelnick a lot, too, and I think you do, too. Yeah. Um, Noel V. Marte, he was born in October of 2001. And as I saw that, it kind of gave me a little chuckle as I remember October 2001, I was actually drove up with my buddy to St. Louis and saw wrestling, my first wrestling pay-per-view that month. Funny. If you watch it on the WWE network, if there's, they've got a subscription service, you can actually watch because we had fifth row seats. My buddy and I were pretty much right there on the camera side, cameras on us, the entire pay-per-view. Just a funny little note there. We were on the show the entire time. That's awesome. But anyway, Martin's impressing in rookie ball. Is he one of the young kids that you're a fan of? Yeah, I like him. I mean, not quite at the level of some of the others, but yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a fan. Yeah, he is getting trendy. I, I'm trying to pull it up right now, and I'm doing it slowly. I think he He's, was, I think he was like the fourth. I want to say fourth or fifth ranked um, J two guy last year. 
in the class with uh, Victor Victor and Luciano and stuff. He was like closely behind them, or, you know, closely in rank, I guess, maybe not closely in talent, but whatever. I mean, he's, he's got good amount of upside and, uh, you know, just really young. So he's a ways away, but uh, I feel like I tend to care less about that than a lot of people. So yeah, he's, he's got a lot of talent. Yep. Showing good with the speed, 11 steals, 37 games. Controlling the strike zone pretty decently there in rookie ball. He seems like he's having a pretty good first year here in, in the States. Good for him. Yeah, no, he's not. He's actually, he's not in the States yet. He's in Dominican Summer League, so. That's weird. It says rookie ball for the Mariners here. I didn't well, think yeah, would show the, that. The DSL is Dominican Summer League. It's not in the States. Huh. I mean, it is, it is rookie ball, but it's, it's in Dominican. I didn't think that would show up on Fangraphs if it was just Dominican. So that's interesting. Yeah, I learned something that, new. That's the only uh, that's the only league in the low minors that's in that's not in the states. Basically, uh-huh. it's it's in the Dominican. If you if you'll note one thing, you would notice, and I noticed this just because I check this stuff obsessively at work. <laughs> when I get to when I get to work, like in the morning, sometimes when there's no MLB games, there's nothing really going on, and I want something to pay attention to, I'll go to the minor leagues and I'll just scan through to see if any games are going on. And the Dominican summer league games are in like the fifth inning and I'm just getting my coffee. I'm just getting my (laughs) coffee at work. They're like, they're early morning games. So, um, just a little bit different, but yeah, that's, that's where he's at now. Hey, one thing they always say too, is like not to the stolen base totals in that league. Don't pay a lot of Mm -hmm. attention to him. He, he has some speed, but, I, uh, yeah, those catcher, you know, the catchers aren't good at throwing guys out and stuff like that. So just something to keep in mind, looking at stolen base numbers in that league. We mentioned five more guys here, Evan White, Justin Dunn, Logan Gilbert, Shedlong, Kyle Lewis. All these names are pretty recognizable for guys who play in dynasty leagues. Any of them interest you over the other? Uh, I would have probably said no a few weeks ago, but I tell you what, take a look at Logan Gilbert, man. That guy has been on fire. He is a big guy. I want to say six, four, six, five, uh, righty that they, I think they drafted last year and he's just been on fire all year. He's been awesome. So he'd probably be my guy. He's, I think, at double A. Yeah, and, he just got uh, called up. Pretty to much, a. pretty much has just been shoving the whole season. I mean, he's been great. I first, remember first round, first round pick last year. I remember him being a guy who was available in dynasty leagues at the beginning of the year, and he got off to a hot start and was moving up. I didn't get him in Fab in time. Other people got him before me or spent more in fab form. I don't remember. But, yeah, he has been very impressive this year. Striking out a uh, bunch of batters, not walking many. Yeah, he went in, uh, like, he was like a sub-draft guy, you know, last year or whatever. I didn't get him either. But just, uh, yeah, he's been really good. And, like like I said, the right size. I mean, I like seeing a righty that's 6'6", you know. It's like you could see a potential Mm -hmm. horse there if he just keeps it up. But, yeah, I, I think... 
I do. I think there's a chance that he could be one of those guys that just kind of uh, kind of builds value over the next year or two and is like a high-end pitching prospect, you know, really soon. I mean, I don't – he's been really good. Kyle Lewis is sad to me because that guy was, a, I think, one of the top five prospects there before he had that terrible knee injury there in the major leagues and – or in, the, I'm sorry, right there, right after, right before he was drafted, and it's never, he's never been the guy he was before that injury, and I don't know if he should be owned in like leagues with 300 minor leaguers owned at this point anymore. Maybe, maybe, yeah. So it's him. a back end. Yeah, I would definitely own him. He's been better this year, so I, I've actually got him in one league, and I was kind of getting to that point, but. He's been quite a bit better this year. He's at double A and he's got a close to like three sixty OBP. So the OBP is there. I do see that as yeah. I'm looking. Yeah. The the thing with him though is he's he's older for a prospect. I mean, like we mentioned, he's guy I was saying earlier, you know, you're twenty four and bouncing back and forth. He's twenty four in double A. Mm-hmm. So that's that's depressing. But he is playing better this year, so that's at least good to see. He's another guy I feel like they should give a shot to pretty soon just based on the junk that they have in the majors. You know, it's move some guys, get him in there, you know, see what happens. If you wait too much longer, he's 25, 26 and all the shine is off. He just, he probably needs a shot. In terms of minor leaguers that I have no shares of, don't really have any vested interest. I don't know if there's many that I'm cheering for to make it than Kyle Lewis, just because of what all he's been through. It'd, yeah. it'd be nice to see him make it, get up there, have some success. I, I'm I'm pulling for him. Do you? Uh, let me ask you this: Do you? Where do you think at the end of this season, Julio Rodri- Julio Rodriguez will be in like a prospect rank uh, or like where up a rank. or like where roughly would you have him 10 to 15 i think now, uh, let's right? see at the end of the when. year i think and i'm looking i'm looking at a list right now and taking out the ones that i think will graduate we alvarez nate low I don't know about Bo Bichette. I think he's still going to be on the list. Kyle Tucker may be gone. Probably, I don't know. I think probably right around 10. Yeah, I had, I did, uh, I was telling you how I'm kind of like just starting to formulate rankings and stuff. And I had him, I forget if I excluded uh Guys like Jordan and Hira. Well, Hira is off the list now. I can't remember if I had them in there or not. I want to say I left them out. But I think I had Julio 11 or 12. He was in there. Um, I know we're we're both big fans of him. But I just was curious, you know. Yeah. Kind of what you thought. I I think that he has the ceiling, though, to get to – I don't know, man. I, I think at the end of this year, if a few of these guys graduate, he can get higher than, than 10. Yeah, but I agree. I he, think that about kind of all those guys, you know, that we talk about, we always 
Justin and I, for people don't listen, we always talk about Christian Robinson, Julio Rodriguez, Marco Luciano, and George Valera. Those four. Those are the four. Those are the four that are going to the top. And, you know, what's 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 going to happen is these guys above them, because they're all older than them. Those four are all 18 and Luciano 17. The guys at the top that are in double A or close, you know, like you've got Waters, Robert and Adele and Nate Lowe obviously is up. I mean, not counting Wander Franco because he's just kind of his own. But um, a lot of these guys are going to graduate. And they're going to be the best prospects in baseball. I'm conf- I am so confident. Like, I am so confident in that. But, yeah, we always talk about those four. It's, and I, I definitely think – I don't even know how to rank them, but Rodriguez is in the group. I think he can get real high on that list. Given in my other dynasties that started up this year, I have all four of them now because I traded it's for Julio sick. Rodriguez. It's just so sick. <laughs> I sure yeah. hope this is the way that it turns out because that'd be pretty fun to have four of the top five prospects and the minors at one point here in the next year or two. <laughs> yeah. I I tell you, I think there's a world where they're all like in the top five with Franco. Mm-hmm. I think it's very possible. You just, a few of these guys have to get up to the majors and get off the list, but. Because they're going to be on the list for a while. I mean, they're they're not coming up to the majors anytime, you know, in the next couple of years at least. So they'll be on the list for a while, and yeah, I think they're going to get to the top. Yeah, and some one at least one or two of them have got a real good shot at being the number one guy. Yeah, I don't know. Once good luck once picking get, the one. Once you get Wander out of there, and he actually gets to the majors. You could argue that any of those guys, especially I feel like Robinson and Luciano, but you could even argue the other ones. I, I think that the number one, if the number one prospect was from that foursome, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Mm-hmm. But that's, like I said, that's after Wanders in the majors, which could still be, you know, a year or a year and a half away. Yeah. That's not that far, given he's in high A right now and in the Tampa organization. It's crazy enough that we're saying that, but we've already talked about that one. Yeah, but he's yeah. he could be up in the next year. He's that good. And yeah, we could have a brand new guy at the end of next year. Yep. All right, Andrew. We are done. We have now talked 30 teams. It The project we start started out on is now complete yeah yeah it was fun we got to uh go through all the teams and just talk about a lot of these guys we wouldn't have normally talked about so it's good it was good but i'm glad it's over because you know what there's been a lot that's happened in the last few weeks and i feel like i really just want to get a news episode in there it's been so much going on and probably some Good stuff to just catch up on and talk about from other divisions that maybe we haven't talked about in a while. I'm looking forward yeah. to getting back and doing one of those here soon. Yeah, yeah, that'll be good. You want me to uh, mention what else we're going to do? Yeah, we, why don't you tell everybody? Yeah, I think uh, so. We've been talking about it. I'm really excited for this. We had we had to get through these because 
you know, we're obviously not going to do some divisions and not all of them, but uh, we are going to do probably, so we'll have these couple episodes out this week. We'll probably do a news one in between. I would, if I had to guess, but we'll, we're going to do the top, I think 30, uh, you know, it, it may not be 30, but we'll, that's what I've been thinking uh, of a dynasty startup. We're going to draft them on the show and uh, t- just talk about the players. So it's going to be like, you know, whether I go one or Justin goes one um, and then we'll just rotate. We may have a third person on. We're still kind of talking about that. Uh, may or may not, not for sure. But um, yeah, we're going to just kind of go down and and cut out. That's what we're going to do. Andrew cut off there. The end of the podcast, unfortunately, cut off again. Just like the last episode, I think I figured out what's going on and we'll hopefully prevent this from happening in the future. But either way, we'll be back with some news next week and hopefully not too long afterwards doing a Dynasty Startup podcast like we were talking about. That should be fun. I'm excited to do it. I know Andrew is too. We've been excited to do this for about a month now since we decided we were going to go that route once we finished these division breakdowns. Until then, take care, everybody. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. And once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year. Baseball 365.